Welcome to the IVF Journey with Dr. Michael Chapman, the podcast for couples who struggle with infertility and want to fulfill their dreams of becoming parents. To access previous episodes packed with ideas, solutions, and tips that actually work, head over to Dr. Chapman's IVF podcast on iTunes. You can also ask questions by contacting Dr. Chapman's rooms on 1-800-111-483 or by emailing him michael.chapman at ivf.com.au. Hi, this is Professor Chapman. Recently we've been doing some Facebook Live sessions where I've been answering questions from the listeners and participants. What you're about to hear now is some audio of those segments and I hope they'll be useful for you. Prof, Natoya has another question and I thought it might be a good idea for you to mention your email address as well if she needs to contact you directly. She says, if a lady doesn't ovulate and the tubes are blocked, how do they get a cycle? Sorry, I just always wanted to understand it and none of it has been explained properly to me. Okay, the female reproductive tract is not totally straightforward, but in general terms, if the ovary has eggs in it, and there are women, for instance, with polycystic ovarian syndrome who don't release eggs, or there's women who, whose ovaries are not being stimulated properly by the brain, by the pituitary gland, who also have blocked tubes. But that doesn't mean they can't produce eggs. And when we produce the eggs by stimulating with the hormones that I described earlier, once we've stimulated those eggs to ovaries to produce eggs, we can collect them by, and bypass the fallopian tubes. That's the main reason, in fact, originally why IVF was developed, was when we couldn't improve the patency of the tubes by collecting the eggs from the ovary directly and then creating the embryo in the laboratory we can then put the embryo back through the neck of the womb rather than down the fallopian tube and get a pregnancy. So that's what IVF was the original reasons for doing IVF. So yes, we can, even when a woman has blocked tubes, we can still collect eggs from them if their ovaries are responsive. Likewise, the other question I suspect you might have is that if a woman's ovulating every month, where does that egg go if it can't go down the fallopian tube? It just sits there <laughs> for about six hours and then begins to degenerate, just as it would in a fallopian tube if there wasn't sperm there to create a pregnancy. So like many cells, or virtually all the cells in our body turn over, they are shed, degenerate, and we move on. Prof Natoya also said that she also has PCOS. What was your email address again? So it's michael.chapman at ivf.com.au. Michael.chapman at ivf.com.au. Yeah, PCOS, I, I mean, the good news if you've got blocked tubes, if you've got PCOS, you've got lots of eggs and your likely outcome for, for an IVF cycle is going to be good. Another question Can you talk to us about womb transplants and are they safe? There's a lot of controversy about that at the moment. In Sydney, we've just had our first three womb transplants done. Around the world, there's actually only been about 90 done around the world. 30 odd in Sweden where it was developed, another 30 in the United States, and then a couple of other countries have done a few. As I say, we've done three in Australia. The first lady is actually pregnant already. Uh, it was only done in February and she's now 16 weeks pregnant. The other one is waiting a little bit longer before she goes back to have it done. It's controversial because it requires a whole team of people 
to a bit like a renal transplant. You need immunologists, you need surgeons, you need obstetricians and gynecologists. So it's not, it's difficult surgery. It lasts each, both taking the donor organ out or and putting the donor organ into another person. In total, the average has been around about 10 or 12 hours of work. So it's certainly not without its complications. There has been one woman die from getting infection afterwards in those 90s. It's not totally without risk. They're big, they're amongst fertility specialists, there's a divide between why are we bothering when surrogacy is available, which has very little risk. But there is this issue, particularly in women who are born without a uterus, there's as a particular condition where they've got their own ovaries, but they've missed out on a uterus as part of a genetic abnormality. So we can get eggs from them um, and fertilize them and produce a pregnancy for a surrogate. But those patients, like most women, want to have a baby themselves. And that's the driving force between uh, for the idea of uterine transplantation. But it's certainly, it's not going to happen for everybody every day. That's all the questions we have, Prof. I've just put your okay. email address in the chat, michael.chapman at ivf.com.au. And yeah. the best phone number for someone to call? To make an appointment to see me, 95985505 in Sydney 02. I do Zoom calls around the world and I do, but I do, I like to see patients face to face as well. Thank you very much. See you in a month. Done. And don't forget that you can access all the previous episodes by going to our website, www.theivfjourney.com and select IVF Journey Podcast from the navigation menu. Thank you for listening to the IVF Journey with Dr. Michael Chapman, the podcast which helps couples negotiate their way through the IVF Journey all the way to parenthood. You can also ask questions by contacting Dr. Chapman's rooms on 1800 111 483 or by emailing him michael.chapman at ivf.com.au. 